from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods, moving, and storage studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Dr. John Deloney, number one best-selling author of the book, Own Your Past, Change Your Future, and uh, host of the Dr. John Deloney Show on the Ramsey Network's podcast, very popular show on relationships and mental health, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. His new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, is on presale. You can get it for $20 and $75 worth of goodies thrown in, like audiobooks and ebooks and talks and other things we uh, include as bonus items, all at RamseySolutions.com right now. Linda is with us in Roanoke, Virginia. Hi, Linda. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Thank you for having me. Sure. What's up? Okay. So I am, I'm currently 64 years old. So is my husband. Um, I make about 115. My husband makes about 45 and we still owe 180 on our house. And he is not on board with paying the house off. And he, he loves that. that. Make, he I, evidently, he just does not want to pay the house off. And I've kind of, Try to put my foot down and say, you know, when we retire, we're not going to have a house payment because we're going to have to sell it and downsize. Well, he's definitely not on board with that. And I don't really know how to get him on board. And I did listen to one of your podcasts and um, where the conversation was about somebody not being on board. And I think Philoni um, said, this is not a finance problem. This is a marriage problem. And I think that's probably a lot closer than anything. Mm. I'm sorry. How long have y'all been married? 29 years. How much have you got in your uh, retirement accounts? My retirement is about, my 401 is probably about 175. Mm-hmm. I have $1,000 in my emergency fund. I have two rental properties that I'm in the process of paying off. I just paid off two of our cars. What What are the rental properties and, worth? Um, Together about 200000 Mm-hmm. And what's your home worth? But, my homework right now it's worth 180 and you owe 180 yes we owe 180 and it's worth 180 well no we we owe we owe 180 it's probably worth about 400 oh, okay that's what that makes more sense okay yeah it's worth and does, about your, 400. does your husband have any money in investments at all no and he doesn't he doesn't participate in any of my rental properties either yeah, you you got a pretty significant challenge going on in your marriage. Yes, <laughs> that's yeah. what I was thinking. E- even even the language that you're using, my rental properties, his stuff doesn't do anything. Um, yeah, y'all y'all got yourselves a a, a, a mess. This Why won't he? How long has he not participated? Um, have Have y'all been living separate lives? Well, we have we we. Put money. We have separate accounts, and we have a house account. Our house account goes for all of the things that we use, groceries, all the bills, and then we have a savings account that we put money into to go for anything major, like fixes and and water heaters or whatever we need to put. put. That's but exactly. Bought- it's exactly the situation I had set up with Buddy and Craig, my two college roommates. That's yeah. not. That's not a wife or a husband. That's not a marriage. That's a couple of dudes who are. Uh, that's a couple of roommates. This is probably true. How long has this been going on? 29 years. 29 years. Whew. Yeah. 
So when I bought the when I bought the first rental property, he did not want any part of it. I sell real estate on the side also, besides being a nurse. And so he didn't want any part of that one. And so I've just been renting it. I've almost I only owe twelve thousand on it, so I'm getting ready to pay it off next. And then I bought another property. Um, my daughter-in-law, who had cancer, was living in a horrible situation. So I went ahead and bought a house for her to live in. Um, which is right near me, so I could kind of help take care of her. And that property is probably, I owe about 62 on that one, and I'm hoping to get that paid because I'm snowballing everything. Wow. Um, I, I'm not sure exactly what to tell you, Linda. This is so <laughs> painful. Um, hey, you guys are so disconnected. It's almost as if... Um, your little brother who had a mental disability was living with you and you go and do everything in spite of him, um, with a, you know, cause he's not, he's not on board with rental property. I did it anyway. He's not on board with taking care of the kid, uh, that had cancer, uh, but I did it anyway. And he's not on board with this, but I did it anyway. He's not on board with saving money, but I did it anyway. And, and, and I'm the only one that has any assets, but I did it anyway. And he makes a fourth of what you make and he did it anyway. And and yet you guys split the mustard in the refrigerator. I don't I just yep. I don't know what to do with this except tell you beg you guys to uh, but guess what it's not going to work because I mean you know tell you to go see a marriage counselor but guess what he he's not on board. He's not going to do that. What is he on board with? Yeah, what what is it he what does he like? <laughs> he he likes his comfy job and he likes just living the way he lives. Um What does that mean? Well, I mean, he goes to work, he comes home, he goes to play golf whenever he gets a chance. That's pretty much it. Here's, oh man, this is going to be an unpopular, it's going to get me in trouble with the internet, and that's fine. Here's what you have to decide. Am I going to, it's been this way for 30 years, and this is going to be this way for another 30 years. And I'm going to keep plugging along and doing my thing, and I'm going to, I'm going to, head on down the road because this is the life that I walked into or I'm going to cause a ruckus in my living room. Turn on the lights. And I'm going to say this ends today. I hope you will come with me. I'm going to a marriage counselor. Right. And as a part of going to a marriage counselor, I'm going to learn that I have value and partnership and I can't do all this by myself and I'm, I can't keep dragging you and I can't, you can't keep using me as your bank and you can't keep using me as your sugar mama. I need a husband. I don't need another child. And that might mean that I'm out. That might mean I'm whatever. But I think you have to make that decision for yourself. And if you decide this is the life I got, it's annoying, but it is what it is. Make peace with it and move on with, down the road. Yeah. In which case, you're probably selling your two rental properties to pay off your home. Because if he won't sign the deed, you can't sell that home. And you have $180,000 and you don't have $180,000 to pay it off. Uh, you have 175 in your 401k, and uh, I guess he's going to retire and eat out of your retirement because he doesn't have any retirement, and you do. And uh, I guess the how, how, the rental properties that you're going to sell to pay off your presidents, um, if, if you make if you attempt to make peace with it, it's going to continue to have um, poor results in your finances um, because you're going to have to work around him again and in order to do that can't sell the house so i've uh, got to pay it off and can't pay it off with your retirement because you don't have any have enough 
So those, I guess those are rental properties are going to be sold. You're going to pay it off if, if you stay in this. But I, I wish I had found you um, 28 years ago. I would have had you, I would have um, highly encouraged you to go to a marriage counselor and deal with this. I don't think you're going to do that now because I think if you were going to do that, you would have done it a long time ago. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make healthcare more affordable, Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs, and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. All right, John, um, I can't leave that one alone. That one's bothering me. Uh, th- that one being, if you were with us in the last segment, lady married 29 years, she and her husband never been on the same page on money, and for that matter, on life. Um, so I, I can't – I don't feel like I can help her. I feel like she's so far in that she's probably going to stay in that soup, right? Uh, but but what I would tell you is this, if you're listening, and, and John, you can throw in, you know, whatever you, you – whether you agree or not or, and so forth, but um, – we have, a, we have an inordinate number of people in their 20s listening to this show and watching this YouTube and watching us on television and so forth. Um, if you are considering entering into a marriage, a lifelong commitment with someone, and you don't first make sure that you're in agreement and going to commit to stay and adjust in agreement on the subject of money, in-laws, because there's crazy in one of your families or both your family, kids, how many to have, how to treat them, are the inmates going to run the asylum or what, and um, religion. These are the four things that the data tells us. If you're in agreement on these four things before you're married, you have an inordinate probability. I mean, like 90 percentile probability of staying married happily through your life. But people that are not in agreement on religion, in-laws, kids, and money live desperate, weird, toxic lives and are ineffective at all four of those areas. They're ineffective in their spiritual walk. They're ineffective with their money and wealth building. They're ineffective parents. um, And they're even ineffective family members to their extended family because they're not in agreement. I'm going to help my mama even if you don't want me to. You know, they're not in agreement. And, and you live your life in angst because you don't have alignment on these basic things, please, for God's sake, don't call it love to marry someone that you are not aligned with like that. It's not love. It, it's drugs. It's alcohol. It's something. It's permanent roommate It's lust. Yeah. But you're going you're gonna to end up with a roommate that you don't like. I think that I think beneath those four things is – equally important because uh, i'm thinking about this like on all four issues my wife and i were aligned 
and we are different on a number, probably three of the four, maybe four of the four, this 21 years later. I think being in alignment out the gate and equally important, being aligned with what hap- what, how are we going to act, what are, what's our process for when we get cross? Because you will get cross. I want to help mom. I don't want to help your mom. All right. Now the alignment is, do you just do what you're going to do? How do we, yeah. how do we lay, how do we set this problem in front of us and we tackle it together? And you got to have a plan to go forward in that last call. I don't want you, I don't want you retiring. I don't want to downsize. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I just want to play golf and you make three times what I make. So I'm just going to take the money and we're going to put all in the same pot. Uh, man, that's a dude that's cashed out, right? That's a guy that, that there was no alignment, not only on issues, but on how do we actually solve problems when they pop up in our marriage and they pop up in every marriage. Yeah. If you're listening to the show and you're 24 and you're dating and you don't take a clue from how miserable that lady is, there, I'm, th- that's what we want you to do. That's why we're coming back to this is we go, you know, you have got to make this a priority. It's not a business transaction. It's a values transaction. Because if when you can agree on your money, you've agreed on your dreams, you've agreed on your fears, you've agreed on your life. And when you can't agree on your money, you're not agreeing on the basics of life. And you won't sleep. And you will not ever have peace. Not by yourself, not with your friends, not with anybody. It haunts you. It haunts you. It increases the likelihood of addictions. It increases the likelihood of sexual dysfunction in the marriage. It increases all of this. Okay, so these things are so intricately tied together that you guys have got to be grown ups. Quit, you know. This is not a this is not a Hallmark movie, doofus. And this by is the your way, life on my show, people call in and I, they're so nervous. If I say what I need out loud, he might leave. And my response is always, "Well, good. You deserve more than that." And I know you're going to be lonely, and I know it's scary, and I know it's frustrating. And uh, there's a great comedian. He said the worst part about breaking up long term relationships is. Um, there's no, there's no equity rollover. You can't tell your, your new, your, uh, it's Michael Che. You can't tell your, your, your new girlfriend, Hey, I went to her wedding, <laughs> her sister's wedding. I ain't going to this one. Like I get to carry that over. You don't get to carry You got to start over again. I get that. It's all, it's, yeah. it's terrible. And the alternative is you spend the next 30 years looking at your bank account. So scared to death. You can't breathe. And you look over there and there's this lump on a, on a couch getting his golf shoes on. Yeah. For God's sakes, if you, if you, you know, if, if you look up and you're completely misaligned, you're going to, you know, you, you're not going to end up liking them. They're not going to end up liking you at the end of the story. So it, you're you going to resent them. You might as well just call it now. Yeah. I mean, early and, and before you end up in marriage, yeah. before you, you know, so please, folks. And, and for those of you that have got young marriages, you know, you've been married two or three years and you're struggling to get to get aligned on these things. Go sit down with a marriage counselor. You know, it forgot it for God's sakes, if you wanted to lose weight and, and, you know, become fit, you would hire a personal trainer. So why can't you hire a marriage trainer? Or if your breath smells bad, you go to the dentist, a professional. Yeah. Why, so why can't you hire a marriage trainer? You know, go, you know, or uh, maybe a good start for that is come to the marriage and money weekend mm-hmm. that we're doing with John Deloney and Rachel Cruz. That's coming up um, in just, October. In October. I'm looking around here trying to figure out the date. But yeah. Um, yeah, that's. 19 through 21, yeah. Thank you. I'm trying to grab the cheat sheet so I'll get my act together here. But, yeah, okay. 19 through 21 here in Nashville. It'll be at the Ramsey uh, Event Center. I didn't even think about that. But you could come do that weekend. That weekend's going to be pretty intense. I think ultimately, uh, in fact, I was doing a podcast earlier today. Should somebody do that weekend as a pre-marriage thing? You could. 
You could. You could. Okay. I th- and here's why. Because you're going to be surrounded by people who've been married for 25 years and for 15 years. And so you're going to get to see some couples down the road. And I think when you people- catch them at the break and have a cup of coffee, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Or you can listen to the but they, they challenges co- the they're But the content's having. not inappropriate for a pre-marriage. No, goodness okay. no. Okay. No, no, no. If you said I do, come on in. Okay. Uh, or you're about to. That's right. Yeah. But I but I think the at the end of the day, avoidance cannot be a strategy. It can't. Avoidance when you're dating- avoidance i'm just not gonna look at my budget well the Avo- thing I, yeah, I always think about les parrot when he says and dr les parrot says you know when you have these uh strong feelings about something and you bury them they have a high rate of resurrection they will show up they'll pop back out and, and they come back out in the most inopportune ways the most inopportune moments uh and and it takes another five years of therapy to figure out why they're coming out sideways and why you're yelling at your kid when actually it's, it's a decision back over here, whatever the thing is. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So please, folks, please do not move forward in these relationships. If you're sitting there and you're a three year, in a three-year marriage, um, you know, have, cause a ruckus. I'm not going to tell you what John says. I, I do not. I'm not going to tell you to go with the possibility of uh, make peace with it. Don't make peace with it. You've been there for three years. Raise hell. Get in a marriage counselor's office. Raise hell about it. We're going to get on the same page, or I'm going to call. Everybody's going to be miserable, and I'm going to be the cause until we get on the same page. I am. This is not okay. I'm not going to live like this. The worm has turned. Cause a ruckus. Get in there and do the work and figure this out and find your voice. And you know, you you can be as loud or whatever you don't need to be loud but i mean you can be as bold or raw as you want to be but cause a ruckus it's worth it because it's the only method to get to healing and let me make this statement to my fellow gentlemen out there you can cheat on your wife with a golf club and you can commit infidelity with your job and so this idea that well i'm i'm all good i'm following the rules i don't participate i don't do nothing that's cheating that is cashing out. Yeah, you're leaving your wife even though you're sleeping in the same house. Well, it's a manhood crisis, the wussification of America. You're acting like a little boy instead of a man. Throw your shoulders back and serve your family, you self-centered twerp. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, listen up. When we invest, most of us have no idea where our money is going. But the reality is your investments could be funding social and cultural causes that you would never choose to support. With Timothy Plan, you can avoid putting your hard-earned money into things you don't approve of and invest in companies that line up with your values. With Timothy Plan's pro-life, pro-family filter, you can invest with moral responsibility while going after competitive returns. So while it's still true that you can't serve God and money, you can make your money serve your values. Contact your financial advisor today to see if Timothy Plan is right for you. Visit timothyplan.com for more information. Investing includes risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objective, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at timothyplan.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual funds distributed by Timothy Partners, LTD, and ETFs distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LLC. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Hey, guys, we got a great radio partner in Phoenix, the legendary KTAR-FM, number one talk radio station in Phoenix. And uh, we're blessed to be 
part of their daily lineup. Their 15th annual Give-A-Thon for Phoenix Children's is taking place through Friday the 18th. Last year, they raised a record $2 million. Uh, you can donate in, in the Phoenix area or if, even if you just want to help kids in the Phoenix area by texting the word GIVE to 411-923. With a medical staff of nearly 1,000 specialists, Phoenix Children's is one of the largest pediatric health care systems in the country. In 2023, U.S. News & World Report named Phoenix Children's to its list of best children's hospitals for the 13th consecutive year. So again, if you're in the Phoenix market in particular, but anywhere, and you want to uh, flex that generosity muscle, this is a good cause. It's the annual Give-A-Thon for KTAR-FM for Phoenix Children's, and you text the word GIVE to 411923. Our question of the day is sponsored by Neighborly, your hub for home services. Summer is busy, which makes it hard to find time for home maintenance. But Neighborly is your source for local home repair professionals like AirServe, Mr. Electric, and Dryer Vent Wizard. Go to Neighborly.com to be ready for any season. All right, today's question comes from Ryan in Virginia. Ryan writes, I have some friends that are trying to achieve financial freedom through retailing MLM products online and networking with other MLM multi-level marketing retailers. They are a very sweet, very sincere, but seemingly very innocent couple. I think you mean innocent as in naive, naive. The wife does take on occasional outside work currently, but I wonder how much of her income is absorbed back into trying to make their MLM business work. I haven't yet asked them what their net annual revenue income is from the MLM. They've been at it for two years. If they keep track of actual hours put into their business, what's an hourly wage, et cetera. But before I do, I want to ask if MLMs are still the shady, barely legal pyramid scheme-ish companies they used to be, or what your views on MLMs are. I haven't found much good said about them online. What do you think about them, and what might you suggest in way of having a conversation with my friends about it? Um, <clears throat> Federal Trade Commission says that 99% of the people that join an MLM lose money. That's a staggering statistic. It's hard to actually believe. I'm not sure I do believe it. Um the AARP did a different study that came with different numbers, came with different results. So I haven't looked into the methodologies on the studies to tell you, but they say that um, 27% of the people that join an MLM actually make a profit um, and that 70, you know, whatever the balance is, 73% lose money. Uh, not quite as uh, harsh as the FTC number, but um, I think – if you've just got good walking around sense and you've got a few decades under your belt, you can. we can all agree that the vast majority of people that start in an MLM do not make money. They lose money, whether it's well in excess of half. So there's a high probability that this couple, statistically speaking, has actually lost money for the, and has made no money for the hours they've invested. So, um, And that's just an observation. That's not a, actually a moral statement. It's not an ethics statement. I'm not saying whatever, whatever. What did he say here? Barely legal, pyramid schemish. That's. I'm not saying any of that. The bottom line is just the people that get in it generally don't make it, um, and so it generally makes the top five percent of the people in the thing. Uh, they make all their money off of recruiting and uh, people buying the kits that uh, or whatever it is they buy when they become a recruit in 
you know, or sign up for the licensing or whatever it is they have to do. And the uplines make money on that. Uh, or they go, um, they go sell what, you know, the methodology, generally what happens is life insurance companies do the same thing. Uh, they hire someone young and inexperienced, uh, with absolutely very little, uh, belief that that person is going to be with them for 10 years, but they use them to get to their closest circle of friends, their uncle John and their, uh, you know, their grandpa Dave, and they use them to get an appointment because they couldn't get in to see John or Dave. But when, you know, the nephew calls up, it's just out of college and he's 24. We'll, we'll let them come over with, cause he's in training with his boss. And so they'll come over and pitch you life insurance. It's called working your natural market. And, but when they use up the, uh, the person's, uh, call list of what they call their natural market, the people that they actually have credibility with, then they've, they've run their course and the person can't make money. And so 80% of the people that join the life insurance world to sell life insurance are out of the business in one year. And that's not a multi-level thing. It's life insurance. So, um, but it's the same concept here. They work your natural market. So they recruit someone and then takes it. You take them to mom and daddy. You take them to your brother. You take them to your high school friend, uh, who will let you in the door, but they wouldn't let anybody else in the door otherwise. And you recruit them or you sell them makeup or whatever it is. You're going to sell them, whatever the multi-level is doing. Right. Um, and so I do personally know a handful of people that have made seven figures in that world. Um, I know another guy who got so he used to speak for him all the time, got so disillusioned with the fact they were making more money selling books to the motivational books and tapes to their audience than they were running the actual business. The business was like a seminar business behind the scenes. And he, he was part of it because he was one of the speakers and he got so disillusioned with that. He quit. He wouldn't speak for him anymore. And he's a professional speaker and author to this day. And you'd know his name if I named it. But he won't, he won't work with them anymore. But he worked with them for years. He was very well known in their ranks. Um, and so all of that to say, um, if you tell me you're in an MLM because it's a great part-time job, I'll tell you statistically you're a fool. If you tell me you're in an MLM because you want to grow a large sales organization and you have a skill set that helps you to become a sales manager to 100 or to 1,000 people uh, or 100 people that have 100 people, that have a hundred people, uh, I'm going to tell you, you might get rich. You might be one of the handful that makes a ton of money. But in the meantime, the people that join are inordinately bothersome to the rest of us. You hate to see them coming, don't you? It can be pretty tough. It can be pretty tough. Oh, you're going to be nice about this, aren't you? Well, (laughs) it can be real tough. Um, I always appreciate the young kids when they're hustling and, and trying to sell me Cutco or something. Like, That's I, it. So I always Cutco, appreciate does, it. Cutco runs the exact same model, too. Not multi-level, but they run the work the natural market. Yeah. I, I mean, I always appreciate it. Some, this, yeah, they get their dad's cell I phone I got a lot of their dadgum knives because Sharon won't keep them out of my house. <laughs> but it, I think one of the most bother them, bothersome... They're great knives, by Yeah, way. they're incredible knives. Bothersome things about this question is um that if ryan was sitting with me the guy who wrote in and and asked this question i would say hey have they ever even asked you your opinion yeah there's that because this guy sounds like he's spending a ton of time um he's already made up his mind wondering what their finances are like and whether they're making the right decisions and whether they're doing what they're like man you don't get a vote unless they ask you in and so if they ask you in then you can give your opinion but 
And it doesn't sound like they're asking you in. It sounds like you're just waiting for a chance to say, hey, what you're doing is wrong and evil and bad, and you're going to lose money, and what are you doing? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're, you're those convinced against their will are of the same opinion still. And talking someone that's in an MLM out of being in one is about like trying to get somebody that loves crypto to not buy crypto. Or to argue somebody out of their religious stance. This is not going to work. Or who they vote for. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Trump has caused all kinds of problems, climate change, everything else. Well, the people that hate Trump hate him for for things he never even did. It's amazing. <laughs> Everyone so. hates every politician for things they, they never, never even did. did. That's true. I saw a great one the other day. It was uh, it was uh, like a library, and Obama was sitting at a table, and he had a uh, chocolate chip cookie and a glass of milk, and he picked it up, and the chocolate chip cookie was way too big, and he tried to dip it in the milk, and he got all mad, and he goes, "Thanks, Obama." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody blames everybody for everything all the time. Blames himself as long as it's somebody else, right? So I I just I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. So yeah, I agree with John in that sense. Ryan, mind your own business is not your problem. Yeah. But um, let's ask. But what do we think about MLMs? Uh, In general, I'm not mad at them. If you want to go do one, be prepared to be a recruiter and a sales trainer, and and be prepared to manage a high turnover organization. And if you want to do that, and that's your call you have a chance of making this into a career and making money. None of them are good part-time jobs, statistically. Um, And and so you, you can do a lot better things on your side hustle. This is The Ramsey Show. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Rachel is with us in South Bend, Indiana. Hi, Rachel. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, me and my husband, we are 41 years old. We've been married for 21 years. We're on baby steps four, five, and six. Perfect. Um, we still, yeah, we still really like each other. Um, <laughs> we have two school-age kids. And yes, yesterday we argued about the temperature on the thermostat. It was a little cold. Um, so we, um, I work about six days a month and my husband works about nine days a month. We enjoy our days off together. I work as a nurse practitioner in the emergency department and he's a firefighter paramedic. Um, my question is, um, being where we are, we are paying more on our mortgage. In the last five years, we've lost about seven friends on the fire department. Um, with the oldest one being 54, I'm not super emotional, but some of those losses were very close. Firefighters aren't known for their longevity in their health just because of the carcinogens they're exposed to. Um, my question is, I feel I almost need permission for my dad and my brother here to say, it's okay to be intentional for a season um, and enjoy life. We're not going crazy. We stick to our budget. Um, you know, I did go over $10 on dining this month, um, but the new budget starts tomorrow. Um, so I guess I, I, I know that I'm, as my husband jokes with me, that I'm worth so much more. It's a joke. Um, but I feel bad sometimes that um, knowing that I could bring in another, bring in more um, income and bring in more wealth, but at the same time balancing, enjoying the life and the season that we have. Okay, to be very, to be very clear, stress. with the, the current hours that you're working is what you would like to work. You just don't want to feel Correct. guilty about them. And during the number of hours that the two of you are working now, you're able to fund your retirement, 
put money aside for kids' college and baby step five and pay extra on your mortgage. Did I understand that correctly? Correct. Correct. Okay, so your only question is, do we accelerate our net worth increase, accelerate our wealth building by working more, and we don't really want to right now? Is that your question? That is my question. It's almost like I feel like um, you, 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 my husband's You, you okay do not need it. to feel guilty at all. Okay. Okay. You're because what we tell folks to do is exactly what you're doing. Be very intense. Sell everything. Sacrifice everything to get out of debt. Build an emergency fund. That's baby steps one, two, and three. And then when right. you get to here, you're supposed to go from intense, as you mentioned, to intentional. And by being intentional with the income that you have, you are living very responsibly. And by the way, you're going to become wealthy. It's just going to take you a little longer. Oh, and by the way, you probably will gear up your hours later when different things happen in your life. Right. And I want to, when my kids are both in high school, I'm like, okay, then I can work eight to 10 days a month. And that's, you know, but but nobody, nobody says you have to. So no, no. What you're saying is you feel like the trade-off is fair for the hours versus the quality of life right now and within the within the confines of again saying it one more time being responsible and you're already doing all of that the only question is do we want more wealth faster and right now the trade-off's not worth it to us that's our intentional decision i think it's wonderful it's what we teach you to do okay great hey rachel needed that yeah can i ask you a question sure um there's something else here. Is that fair? Or let me ask you. I'll, I'll just be more direct. Who, who's pushing this? Do you do you want your husband to not be a firefighter anymore? No, he loves it. He I, loves I, it. That's not what I asked you. No, I don't. He like I really love like he loves it, and I love him being a firefighter. I love that we speak the same language. When he comes home and has a hard day at work, I know what it's like. I know what it's like in the ER to lose a kid on a job and I love that he understands like it is just like we both truly love our jobs um and we joke that maybe we love it so much because we're not watered and burned out by it um but no I oh I can't imagine him being anything else I truly love him being a firefighter I mean yes I think about at times like oh man I hope he doesn't die in a fire um but man, he's always like, if I'm fighting a fire and then I meet my savior, um, then I'm a millionaire. That's what he tells me. <laughs> yeah, and that sounds good. I mean, that that sentiment sounds good, and that hug feels nice. But you, like you said, you have you have a ringside seat. You've seen what it's like when there's um, a wife leaning over um, a bed in a hospital and he's gone. You've been there, and you've imagined right, yourself in right. that seat. The re- here's why I'm asking that because what you're what you, the guilt you're feeling is trusting your instincts you're trusting yourself and we often lose trust in ourselves when we're living in a chaotic system and we are in chaotic systems when either a we're doing what y'all are doing y'all are both first responders and that's just the nature of the beast and y'all are seat to trauma every day yeah you yeah you are secondary trauma package like you have the you have the uh, front row seat there um or you haven't fully come out and said hey this this your job is killing me and if that's not the case, I don't want to put oh, that out in no. the universe. That's awesome. Then that tells me that yeah, you're doing no. what y'all need to do to stay sane and well and good. And I'm going to high five you as one of the bravest couples you can, because it's real easy to look at that dollar amount and go chase it versus I want to, um, 
make sure that we are filling up our pitcher so that when we go all in helping these people, because that's what we were put on earth to do, we are fully ready to rock and roll. Yeah. And and for the yeah, person out there that's listening that wants to use this conversation as an excuse to, uh, I, I, I just, I want to be intentional and in, I'm going to intentionally go into debt and I'm going to intentionally not meet my budget. That's not who, what we're talking about. Rachel and her oh. husband are making their budget. They're making, they're putting money into retirement. They're paying extra on their mortgage. They're being responsible. The only question is how fast do we do more? That is a different conversation than we're just freaking using the quality of life. I'm worried about quality of life. When somebody says that, I generally translate that as lazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's because your heart is small. That's right. And shriveled. That's it. And the Grinch. The Grinch. The Grinch, the money Grinch. That's me. Yeah. And uh No, I think there's time for I think there's times for sacrifice and I think there, on on both sides of the fence. Yeah. And I, th- and I think I, there's and I do too. I think there's sacrifices all across the board. But I also, man. She, she's not that. She's no. not She's not in, in the sacrifice mode, doesn't need to be, uh, and she's not lazy, and she's not any of that. So she's not irresponsible. I, I'm completely on board with she's your She's in the guilt industrial complex where uh, <laughs> yeah. they will find a way to make you feel guilty about taking care of yourself and your family. Yeah, and she did say something about her father and her brother questioning their choice or something, but they don't get a vote. Nope, they don't get a vote. So that's how that works. Yeah, so here's the weird thing. You wouldn't intentionally do something that's irresponsible. Those are, those. you know, what happens there is someone's justifying, they're rationalizing, they're going, you know, we've heard it actually twice in the last two hours. I was forced. We said, that, you know, bought a car. It was an emergency. Well, I had to. Yeah. I had to. No, you didn't. It was a $30,000 car. You didn't have to do that. You know, it's, you don't have to do that. You weren't forced to buy a car. That's dumb. You know, but, but what happens is you build up the drama and the hyperbole in your head. That's not intentionality. That's just drama and hyperbole. It's reactive. And, and, and it's immaturity. And it's impulsive. Whether you're 56 or whether you're 26, you're being a child. And, and you're using the fact that, well, it was, uh, un- I had several unfortunate things happen. Well, welcome to walking around. <laughs> Most of us do. You know, but generally that that word unfortunate, it's like enforced and it was an emergency and I was trapped and there's this fatalistic thing that goes around all that. And you know, that's not intentional. Intentional is we, we can see things coming. We have a little bit of vision out there for the future. We know we're going to retire, so we need to set some money for retirement. These kids are aging out, so we need some money for their college. You know, we, we're going to have to buy a car because this one's on its last leg, so we need to start saving for that. That's intentional and responsible because most of this stuff really does not sneak up on you people. By the way, they just announced it this year, the last week. Christmas this year is in December. No! No, it's coming! It'll be here in just a minute! Yeah. Don't let it sneak up on you. Why does Christmas sneak up on people? It's our, you know. Or the millions of people October 15th that will but will say, wait, what? What's our loans are what, due? What? Our student what, loans? What? Student loans? Even the government what, what, came out what, ahead what, of time. What, what, what? This is the Ramsey Show. Dave here. You can find all of our shows with the Ramsey Network app on your smartphone. It's the only place to listen to the entire back catalog of episodes. Download the Ramsey Network app in your favorite app store today.